You're listening to Connect on blogtalkradio.com. Catch us on the web at umconnect.info. Okay, welcome to this episode of Connect. I'm Michael Rich. I'm the Director of Communications for the Western North Carolina Conference, and I'm here with Drew McIntyre, and we are back for our third year in a row uh, from annual conference. And tonight, We've just had a clergy session, so we're going to come and talk a little bit about uh, what we've experienced today, and then we're going to talk about what's happening this weekend, and uh, we'll probably get into all kinds of tangents, because that's what we do when we're online. (laughs) So welcome to the show, Drew. Thanks, Mike. Good to be with you again. Yeah, three years in a row, and when I think about it, uh, you know, most radio shows can't last three years, but I figure if you only do two a year... um, they can go a long time. We're, we're aging like a fine wine. That's right. And we don't have any more hair than we used to. It's true. I got less. Well, there <laughs> we go. So as we um, gathered today, this was clergy session. I was going to get your thoughts on that. This was our first clergy session with Bishop Leland. Uh, tell me, how did that go? Yeah, you know, it was neat to have Bishop Leland uh, with us. Um, you know, and so in my ministry, which I'm still relatively new in ministry. Bishop Goodpastor is the only bishop that, that I've known. So it's my first time, you know, a new annual conference uh, with a new bishop. And, uh, and it was really neat, especially knowing he's from just down the road in North Carolina Conference. Um, I, you know, like his, his style, it was very, very prayerful. Um, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was a lot of fun. I think, I mean, for me, the highlight of this evening of the clergy session was the worship. That was amazing. No doubt about it. And we're going to find out who these guys are. Jarvis and, and all, I can look them up on my announcement slides, but they're on another computer. Um, but I know that they work together. They've been doing this. This is something Josh Sherfy and the worship team have pulled together. And I really believe um, that we're going to be blessed this week with these guys. Yeah, we've gotten kind of a sample this evening. If you weren't at clergy session, you, uh, you, well, you missed out at least on the worship part. That's but, right. But wow, the, 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 both the, the way that the music director and the organist were in sync, the way it's just always powerful when the person leading worship is, you can see it on their face, you can see it in their body language, they're into it, they're directing us, they're you know, getting us to sing the extra verse, and it's just, it was very powerful. No doubt about it. And so um, the first hymn, uh, I did know about that one because I got the words up on the screen <laughs> for that one. Um, the second one was a call by Bishop uh, Leland. Uh, oh. And so, you know, I noticed that uh, the organist was ready to play. Uh, the musician was out uh, in the other room and they went and looked at each other uh, while announcements were being made. And they, wow. they pulled that together in a heartbeat. Oh, man. So uh, that was one of the things I noticed is, that's, boy, those two work together. Wow. That's, that's the kind of thing that can get you killed by a music person. Don't you know? <laughs> yeah, I can't do that at my local church. I definitely couldn't, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they just pulled it out. And uh, wow. the folks up in the booth, they pulled the words out of the hymnal. They did a good job getting in on the second or third verse. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Uh, but it was one of those hymns, Blessed Assurance. If you don't know one or two verses of that, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. as a clergy, uh, you hadn't been around very long. Well, and it's one of those, I think, to that, it's such a well-known hymn, it's easy to sing that kind of in a perfunctory way, but I mean, we did not. We did not. <laughs> no uh, doubt about so, it. So do not miss out on worship this week, because we are really going to be blessed. I uh, agree totally. And, um, you know, one of the things that I noticed in the clergy session, and, you know, for laity that are listening, they, they usually don't get to participate in any of this, but, um, you know, we go through the business of the conference, the BAC, mm. um, 
as they call it, but basically um, it's clergy business, and we vote on who's getting ordained, who's um, uh, retiring, and uh, on down a line of over 50 questions. Yeah, and very Methodist. It's a very Methodist <laughs> thing, and you know, as a part of it, the ordinands, the ones getting ordained elder and uh, full connection deacons, they're asked the questions, the traditional Wesleyan questions, and it doesn't get more Wesleyan than that. Yeah, are you going on to perfection? You know it. And uh, are you in debt as to embarrass yourself? Mm, we all cross our fingers on that one. <laughs> and and Bishop Leland, uh, you know, after we'd all giggled. Yeah, we and, and good for him for doing that because it's, it is a serious issue. It was a serious issue when Wesley first asked those questions, and it's maybe in some ways a more serious question now. Yeah, so um, that was, you know, powerful stuff, going through all the traditional questions and um, one of the things that I noticed, um, we are bringing in 16 uh, provisional members this year, 20 uh, ordinands, um, uh, elder and deacon, and uh, we're retiring a whole bunch. We are. Yeah, there's a lot of retirees this year. Uh, between um, those in full connection and uh, local pastors, I, I heard a number of 72 total. Wow. Um, which is the largest retiring class I ever uh, have mentioned. I, I heard that number 72 because uh, the official pictures are being taken tomorrow at 2.30. And, uh, uh, you know, we're planning to take a whole bunch of pictures. Usually it's 30 to 40. Oh, wow. So it seems like double the number this year. Yeah. So that is um, something that I definitely heard. Uh, usually and I'm, I'm saying this after being in the conference since 1984, usually the numbers leaving and the numbers coming in seem to be about the same. Mm. Not this year. Yeah. And so that, that's cause for concern. It's a cause to, to think about. And one of the, the things that I know is um, been talked about at, at the cabinet level is that they're probably and after this class, there's probably another 250 people that could retire in the next three years. Wow. So um, that's something to think about. So even with all of that traditional language, all that business, um, there are some actual numbers that, that matter to mm -hmm. us. Sure. And so we need to get about the business making disciples and get about the business of uh, bringing in new clergy. Well, and certainly the, I think the Colin vocation team has done, done a wonderful job of of helping us as local churches establish a culture of call and helping people tell their call stories and then helping people to, to hear call stories so that we are trying to cultivate that next generation of leadership. You know, I'm, I've gotten to that place where I realized, <laughs> I realized this, this last year, I'm 34. I realized I'm the old guard of the young clergy. Wow. <laughs> That's a weird feeling. It is a weird feeling. Yeah. <laughs> The old guard of the new clergy. <laughs> I mean, and soon I'll just be, I guess, middle-aged clergy of no, of no report. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I was sitting next to uh, one of my friends who I actually served my first church out of seminary with him. He was my senior pastor, and I was an associate. And, uh, you know, he went through all the people coming in. Of course, he's been retired several years, but he asked, do you know any of these people, you know, mm. being ordained this year? And I, I truly can say I only knew about a third. Yeah, yeah. And um, uh, that's an odd thing. I know them by name because I see them in the database. I, I send them emails and those kinds of things, but I actually know them, have spoken with them, about a third. Mm. And he goes, I didn't know any of them. And then he turned to me and said, you know, I don't even know all the DSs now. 
Yeah. Wow. And so I'm guessing the farther we get toward that end, mm-hmm. um, I certainly knew more people that were retiring and those of the honored dead mm. and did ministry with all of those yeah. more so than the younger. So um, there's something beautiful about the, this time in the clergy session and Bishop Leland named it. Well, he said, we, you know, we vote on, on every aspect of your relationship as clergy with the annual conference. That's true. From the time you come in, to, you know, maybe times where you have to take a sick leave or have some, you know, some time away, you're located, you come back in or when you retire and when you die, Mm -hmm. there's a beautiful way in which we really live out our clergy covenant uh, here, here at annual conference, you know, for clergy, this is kind of our church. This is where our membership is. Right. And this is where we exercise our covenant and our relationship together. So it's a powerful thing to see. No doubt. So um, that's clergy session. Let's talk about what's coming up. Um, now, it's going to be a shortened year. This is the first time in a, in a while that we've been at uh, two and a half days. Yeah, very uh, short. I can't remember any in the last little bit. I know that in the past they have had some of these shorter sessions, and they certainly had called sessions that were a day long or mm-hmm. whatever, but this is the shortest uh, annual conference in a while. It'll be interesting to see how that business goes. Now, it's interesting, and I can speak uh, – from hearing uh, Bishop Leland's um, uh, comments at a uh, cabinet meeting. He said, well, you know, uh, Alabama, West Florida is two and a half days. Uh, North Carolina conference is two and a half days. Um, I don't see this as short at all. Hmm. And so it'll be interesting to see uh, how it goes for us. Now I can remember the day as it was even longer, um, four and a half days. Sure. And, uh, and business sessions took a long time and, um, you know, so the last several years of three and a half days, that seemed to be normal. Mm-hmm. And now uh, I'm wondering if this becomes the new normal. Oh, I, well, and I wonder how much of it too is, uh, so I was baptized in the North Carolina conference. No, much respect and love to our neighbors uh, to the east of us, but um, they're not meeting in these wonderful grounds of Lake Junaluska. They're in various convention centers and right. places like that. I, there's some places I would not want to be for four and a half days, but now yeah. I would love to be here. I am here for more than four and a half days. Exactly. Yeah. So the Greenville Convention Center, it's just not quite the same. I'm sure it's fine. It's not like Junaluska. Right. And when I was in the Mississippi Conference, we met at convention centers and they, mm. they went to two or three different ones over uh, a cycle. And not one of them were the holy place right. like Junaluska holy, is. Holy ground. A friend of mine did, gave, gave a speech at, at another annual conference this last uh, in this recent season, and um, had a great experience. But they came back from that and said, um, "Thank God for Lake Junaluska," because exactly. they said it was a totally different feel. I agree. Yeah, and so you and I have had that you know fortune of you know being ordained here. Uh, you came through as a provisional member. I came through as a deacon, and uh, yeah, different. A different feeling to know that, you know, so many of those uh, big points in your life happen right here. Yeah. And Stewart Auditorium may um, be the only place in the world that's had this many ordinations yeah. between us and the Holston Conference. Oh, wow, that's a good point. And yeah. um, it, it's quite an amazing uh, thought that, you know, this is uh, our place. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've talked about it, you know, in years past. Well, it's not adequate sometimes for all that we need, but where are you going to go that can be this holy? Right, right. I, you know, I've been to stuff at the Curry Convention Center. It's a nice place. 
but um, it's not holy ground. In You're the right. Way that, in the way that this is, and, and and we did this last year, but we should. I need to, we need to give respect because they keep improving things here. They do. They. I lo- I had no idea when I when I drove up. Uh, we drove in Sunday night, so Monday morning when I saw it walking around the lake, the uh, the exterior of the terrace is. It's gone noir. It's kind of like this bat cave vibe going on. It looks, it looks amazing. It does. It's like a brand new place. It does look like a brand new place. And, and that just adds to what they did on the inside. Mm. Uh, and so their next project is to get Lambeth looking like that. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but yes, yeah, so they do keep improving. And um, uh, I think over the years, uh, we've just seen, you know, this place improve and the hospitality has improved. And uh, the people that I work with, you know, throughout this week, uh, just really work hard to make it happen. Absolutely. So, um, so tomorrow morning we start out the week. Usually we start out annual conference with communion. That's mm-hmm. opening service tomorrow. It's going to be a service of uh, baptism. What? Yeah. Change. 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 Baptismal <laughs> reaffirmation. I love it. And so I'm I'm looking forward to seeing. Uh, how that all happens. Do you, if we, we have some, 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 some lady and others who are listening who don't know what that is. Would you say a word about what that means? Yeah, sure. Um, so baptismal reaffirmation, it's actually a service within our, our book of worship. Uh, we'll be remembering our baptisms. We'll uh, be touching water as a part of that. We'll be uh, singing baptismal hymns. We'll be using baptismal liturgy. And we'll be remembering who we are as people of God. Beautiful. And uh, I... You know, I have used that service a couple of times in the last year in my church, mm. and my folks love it. They, they, you know, feel a connection to, to the water and to um, all that we do as the people of God, knowing that, you know, when you touch that water, you're reminded, I am a child of God. I'm signed, sealed, delivered. Mm, yeah. I'm yours, God. There's a rock song, isn't there? That was, they used to be on the oldie stations. I'm not sure about that yeah. song. Yeah. <laughs> I'm showing I'm my sorry. age. Yeah. I'm sorry, Mike. There, you set it up too easily for me. I did. But no, it's a beautiful service. I, I typically do it first of the year. I think it's the second Sunday of January. Yeah, baptism of the Lord. Yeah. And, and, but in the congregations I've served, it's been, for most of them, a new thing. And I've had oh, yeah. amazing responses to that. So, so I think between the, the music that we talked about, between being able to begin that way, what a great way to ground our work together is in our baptism. Martin Luther used to, you know, when he was struggling with his faith and with, with sin and guilt, he would you know, kind of touch his forehead and remind himself, I am baptized. That's right. Uh, we're going to have some great, I think, some great preaching this week. I think both of us have connections to the bishops. Yeah, Bishop Fairley uh, will be preaching tomorrow morning. And uh, Bishop Fairley, uh, I knew him as Leonard at uh, Duke Divinity School. He and I, <laughs> I think he came in the year uh, before me. And so we overlapped for a couple of years at okay. Duke Divinity School. And he was a a great student. He was very quiet, very studious. Um, but the couple of times I heard him preach as a young preacher, mm. boy, he could bring it. Oh, wow. He, he was just powerful. And, uh, you know, uh, he had a very traditional uh, African-American style, mm-hmm. and, uh, but uh, very thoughtful and, you know, very dedicated in his studies. And so uh, he comes, you know, with a lot of, uh, a lot of background in the North Carolina conference. Absolutely. So my, uh, he was my wife's family's pastor for a number of years. He okay. served Soapstone United Methodist Church, okay. which is actually where my wife, Brittany, and I were, were married. Okay. And I never, never knew him in that capacity. He was, uh, by the time we got married there, he'd, he'd left uh, and was a DS by that point. Right. But his, my wife's family always said wonderful things um, about Leonard, yeah. uh, about Bishop Fairley. So, so I'm, I'm excited to hear him preach. 
And so I think that'll be a great service. I think it's a great service for, uh, uh, for him to preach, mm-hmm. uh, that uh, remember your baptism. And then coming up uh, on Friday night and Saturday night, uh, Bishop Lawson Bryan, uh, who was just elected bishop, it, well, so was uh, Bishop Fairley, but um, uh, Bishop uh, Bryan was elected at Southeastern Jurisdiction uh, last summer, and um, he came out of First Church Montgomery, and he was actually my father's pastor at First Church Dothan. Oh, neat. And so, um, so he was one of the, the clergy that came along under Bishop Whelan in the Alabama West Florida Conference. Oh, wow. But when I was a youth, and you know, this is 40 years ago, he was one of the um, youth leaders for the conference through Conference Council on Youth Ministry. Oh, okay. and, and so he was a mentor uh, of mine 40 years ago. And I just think the world of... Uh, uh, Bishop Bryan, and uh, it, it's hard to call him Bishop Bryan because he's always been lost in <laughs> Um But uh, yeah, he has had some wonderful ministries. He was at uh, Dexter Avenue United Methodist Church in downtown Montgomery while I was a student at Huntington, and uh, I went to his church, and even though it had lost its luster, it was one of these brilliant downtown churches that you know, just over the years, people moved out of downtown, out mm. to the suburbs, to bigger churches in the suburbs, and he was left with a, a smaller congregation, but it was a very dedicated congregation, and uh, the 120 or so that were there on Sunday morning were just powerful Methodists, yeah. and he did a grand job. He was always a creative and uh, uh, interesting preacher, Yeah. and you know, when I was in college, uh, I actually worked with their youth group at that church uh, as a volunteer, and it was a grand time uh, to be. It's almost right across the street from Dexter Avenue Baptist, where Martin Luther King uh, uh, wow. um, yeah. had preached uh, you know, in the 50s. And so, you know, very historic downtown churches. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, so that was always a powerful thing on Sundays to, to show up and know that you know, that congregation across the street, you know, was powerful to the uh, whole civil rights movement. Wow. And Dexter Avenue at that same time was served by a guy, Andrew Turnipseed, who was my professor at uh, Huntington. And Andrew uh, uh, was pretty uh, revolutionary for a Methodist at that time. Oh, wow. um, he didn't serve there very long, <laughs> but he was at Dexter Avenue United Methodist or Methodist at the time okay. uh, that King was at uh, um, the Baptist church. Wow. And it was just a powerful uh, time to know that that church, uh, you know, was a part of history, and Lawson Bryan was a part of its history. Yeah. Wow. Anything interesting coming up as far as uh, business? I think there's a proposal for a new conference center. Maybe that has received the most interest. I would say that's going to be one of our biggest items of interest. It will be Friday afternoon. Mm-hmm. We'll deal with that. Um, I do know that uh, you know we put out a lot of information from the conference on that. Um, most it's the most watched video um, of the trustees and various people talking about, you know, this it was a good video. I watched that. Yeah. It was a pretty good video. And uh, uh, I thank my team for making that happen. Uh, Mark King, you know, was instrumental mm-hmm. to making that happen, but they, they did a lot of um, background research. You know, this is not something that happened overnight. They worked yeah. hard on it and they've, um, you know, done their homework. They've done the groundwork. Um, in terms of what I've known has come in, because since I do communications for the conference, I see a lot of stuff come through my office. Mm, for um, better or for worse. For better or for worse. <laughs> um, 
of all the controversial things that could have happened, this is one of them. Mm. Uh, there, this hasn't been the kind of controversy yeah. that I would expect. Uh, I think most people are very supportive. Um, we're going to see um, how things go. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's not a done deal. It's not a done deal until we vote on it. Right, right. Um, and, but I do think that uh, it is one of those proposals that uh, will make for the future of our conference. Yeah. Um, I do know, even though I don't work full time out of the building in Charlotte, I'm there quite frequently. And, you know, it's not a building um, that's going to last another 20 years. It's not the freshest place in the world. No. <laughs> And, uh, you know, there, there is a wall, and they mention it in the video about, uh, you know, if you touch it, it just might fall in. Yeah. And that's an expensive endeavor right. to do the foundational work on something that we don't own. Yeah. There are times when the answer kind of like, like it has been, a, like Jay, is, is cosmetic and improvement, and you can build on what you have, and sometimes you just need to start over. Right. And I was one of those who was kind of, when I first heard, new conference center, I was kind of skeptical. Is this the best time for that? But I'll say I was one of those that when I watched the videos and read what was put out, I, I got it. It made sense to me. And I think, I think that's probably precluded a lot of maybe the reaction people were expecting because I thought they laid it out pretty well. I, th- I thought they did too. And, uh, you know, I was a part, a part of making that happen. But, um, you know, it was the kind of thing the trustees did their homework and it made it easier for yeah. me to do the work for them. And uh, I think that... Um, it, it will be an interesting discussion. You know, it won't be without a little bit of debate. There won't be without um, some people asking questions. Uh, but I think that um, overall, um, a lot of the questions have been asked and yeah. have been uh, dealt with. So that's, you know, one piece of information that's coming up that will definitely be, be dealt with. I do know that um, you know, we have something that every annual conference is going to do. We're going to do the constitutional amendment. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's been interesting hearing from other annual conferences about this. Uh, One annual conference said, we've never had anything go so smooth, and we had extra time when it was over. Oh, wow. Uh, And uh, so we we were actually discussing the other day uh, what happens, you know, if we have extra time after all that. (laughs) Well, I mean... uh, don't say that too loudly because you might jinx it. That seems like exactly. Like, that's just going to go away into the ether. I think. Yeah. I, yeah. Don't be quiet. Be very quiet. But uh, <laughs> but it's the kind of thing that uh, we'll see how that goes. Um, no. Do I do I get this right, Mike? That uh, the the decision from General Conference was that annual conferences would not give out the results of those votes until they were all tallied. Correct. So tell me, that seems a little different to me. I'm curious if you know about that than I do because. That's kind of caught me off guard a little bit. Yeah. As I understand how it goes is that um, we will send our votes. Um, they will be tallied here, but we will not announce them. And they'll go to general conference, and that body has a group together that will count all the votes, and it has to pass, I think it's two-thirds. I think that's right. For everybody throughout the annual conferences. So this is one time where one vote counts for one person. Right. Um, and central conferences too, right? Yes. They get the vote as well, yeah. It's so, constitutional. So it's the kind of thing that um, we don't often get that in, in our democratic society. Mm-hmm. We vote for representatives who then vote. No, mm-hmm. you, your vote counts. Yeah. Uh, and so it will be put into the total of all the votes across um, the annual conferences. Wow. And so that's a fascinating thing. Um, yeah. I don't know enough about them to to go into discussion 
but I do know that the information's there and we'll look over it uh, overnight and see where we're at. But that's one of our big items that has to be done. It's right. one of those things we can't get around it. I'm sure like the conference center, the constitutional movements will have, will have those, uh, shall, I don't know, dare we say, recreational questioners. Hmm. They'll, they'll be present. You know, they'll help us do our work. They'll, they'll ask questions and we'll, we'll vote. It'll be, I'm sure it'll be interesting either way. It will be a guaranteed interesting time. <laughs> so, um, so that's something coming up. Um, you know, we'll hear reports from various groups from across the conference, um, like we usually do. I can tell you that um, you know a lot of our groups have um, put together videos, put together some kind of media to go along with their reports, and, and all of those will be available online at AC2017. Uh, we make them available as the um, the day goes along tomorrow. Uh, but, you know, that's the kind of thing that, uh, that's a big change from years past mm. in that, you know, maybe half the groups or less than half actually had a video or media to go along uh, with their report. And now more and more are doing yeah. that. And, uh, and that's one way to, um, you know, if you're listening back home, uh, you can say, hey, look at that. It's there. Um, that's what's happening in our camps. It's what's happening uh, with United Methodist Women. That's what's happening uh, with the various groups. And it's a good way to get the word out. You can sit in your air-conditioned home with your beverage and, and watch the video and not have to be here, and it's a good deal. It is a good deal. Going uh, I found out, and it wasn't so much last year as it was the year before with all the voting. Uh -oh. um, usually we're inundated with uh, people here when it's a voting year for, for delegates. And um, that year, we really weren't. Oh. Uh, and uh, I, I started getting emails in the middle of the week from a lot of pastors retired who live across the lake from here. Mm -hmm. And they were saying, you know, we really appreciate you putting all this stuff online. Yeah. Um, we're not voting this year, but we're following it all right mm -hmm. online. And more and more uh, people, young folks, no. Young folks watch it live stream. Those millennials. Follow everything going sure. on. Yeah. And uh, uh, take care of all the business online. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and so I find that fascinating. The other thing that we found over the last few years, I found, it used to be that ordination service was just completely packed. You could never find a seat. Uh, it was impossible. Um, they bring busloads in from you know, kingdom come to, mm -hmm. to see people ordained. And now with live streaming, yeah. um, there are a lot of folks that say, well, I'm not going to drive four hours to Junaluska. Sure. I'll watch it online. And in fact, the view you get of the person being ordained is better online yeah. oh, than sure. in the auditorium. And so I think that that's a change that we're seeing is that a lot of people are keeping up with that online. I try my best to keep all the business up online. I've got mm -hmm. some stories and things to put out there this evening about what happened today. Uh, but, um, yeah, it's the kind of thing that, uh, that medium is, uh, working for a lot of people. Yeah. Well, any last comments? We've got a couple of minutes left on our time. No, just, it's going to be, I think a great, uh, few days of, of worship here and look forward to it. Good to be with you again. Thanks for listening. Thanks for having me. And uh, it's good to be at the lake. It's good to be at the lake and good to be on radio with Drew. This is always a fun time, and we don't know what we're doing when we get here. No. And people would say they don't know what they're doing after they've heard us. <laughs> but remember, 
amateurs built the Ark, professionals built the Titanic. That's correct. And this is amateur radio if it's ever been. <laughs> well, it has been a good a good evening here at Lake Junaluska, and this will be online and available for you, and you can share it around with others so they get a, a feel for what's going on at annual conference. So thanks for your time, and we'll be back again this week on Saturday, and we'll be talking about ordination. Look forward to it, Mike. Thanks so much. You bet.